This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Magpies Unrestricted. Ladies and gents, and welcome to Magpies Unrestricted, where we'll be talking all things Newcastle United. I'm your host, Chris Simpson, and joining me today, as ever, is Cara Thistlethwaite. Hello. And uh, once again, Nathan Egan is joining us as a special guest. Hi, Nathan. Hi, thanks for having me again. Yeah, thank you for coming on, and thank you for sitting through Brighton 3, Newcastle 0. It was not an entertaining game, I think even really for a neutral, but from a Newcastle point of view, oh my God, it was absolutely abysmal. <laughs> I don't know why you're looking at me as if as if I um, am personally offended by this. It was offensive to the eyes. Maybe not so much so for me as a, not a neutral as such, but I have less at stake here. <laughs> yeah, Nathan, you, you sat through this. You are a, a com- sort of complete neutral in this. What were your thoughts on the game? Yeah, I think obviously I mirror what, what the two of you have said so far, obviously. Watching it on a Friday night, I can probably think of a thousand things in hindsight that I would have rather done. But yeah, I mean, like like you said, from, from a neutral point of view, obviously I'm a, a Manchester United fan, but it must just be so frustrating from obviously a Newcastle United fan point of view. I think obviously we spoke over the weekend, Newcastle as a club has got so much potential. I mean, you've got one of the biggest fan bases in England, you've got one of the best stadiums probably in Europe. Yeah, you you sort of a one club city. You've got so much potential. If you could get the right manager and the right owner, you you, you really could go places. But it must have been to see sort of the lack of passion, the lack of energy, the lack of drive, and ultimately for me that that can only come from the manager. I mean, I don't I don't know how it could have gone so wrong because if, if I completely remove myself from this and I think right. You know, I might not have been following Newcastle for the whole season or Brighton, but this is two teams who are fighting to stay out of the relegation zone. And and everything says that this should be a really interesting match to watch. Both teams should be going at it. And I only see it, saw Brighton actually trying to do anything about their situation. In, and in contrast, Newcastle, I don't know, going for the draw again, I guess, and failing miserably this time. <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I thought the way Newcastle set up was genuinely appalling. This is literally our biggest game of the season. Absolute must win. Brighton, one of our biggest rivals in that dogfight at the bottom of the table. And we were so passive. We had, there was there was no... I mean, we've talked about it a few times in recent weeks, but I think this was the worst of the lot. There was, there was no threat. There was no urgency. There was no desire to get forward. I think we had three shots in the entire game. But it's like in three games, how has it gone so wrong? Because it wasn't that long ago we were talking about how there were positives. You just weren't getting the results. You weren't getting the goals, but there were positives and there was nothing. I I think Steve Bruce has become so terrified of losing any games that he's... He's just setting us up in a, in a vain attempt not to lose. Now, obviously, we did have those three draws in a row, but of course, 
So that might be good enough for Steve Bruce, but it isn't good enough for Newcastle. It's not good enough for me, and it's not really good enough to keep us up. And I think it, a, a result like this was inevitable at some point, where if you, if you go into every game just trying not to lose, just trying to basically sit back and, and grind out a nil-nil, when you're doing that with a team that isn't very organised at the back, I mean, frankly, actually was all over the place at the back in this yeah, game. Yeah, I would have said your defence actually hasn't been too abysmal. It's just the whole team play hasn't been great recently. But this one, I I mean, I don't know what you're playing. Was it 4-4-2? Was it, it looked like you had three at the back at some times. There was two at the back at some times. You had some midfielders rather than your defenders. It was just confusing. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think earlier I said it was Friday night. Obviously, it, it was Saturday night, obviously, the game. Obviously, it was Fulham who were who were playing on Friday night, and obviously the fact that they lost. Uh, obviously, it was one one at half time, and then I think Fulham either just before half time or just after had a chance where they probably should have made it two one. So, mm. obviously, the fact that that Fulham lost that should have been a boost to the players and the manager because potentially you could have gone five points clear. I think it was and still had the game in hand. Yeah, that so it was a big opportunity in the weekend, and like you say, to to approach the game and not even attempt to win it. I think you had twenty seven percent possession. It really is absolutely criminal for me. Uh, again, as as a neutral, I, I couldn't really believe what I was watching. It yeah. didn't look like Newcastle, did it? It didn't look like a Premier no. League team. It looked like a Championship team, newly promoted, not really having a feel for the pace of the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, frankly, obviously I want Newcastle to stay up, but ultimately if we're going to be playing like that during the running, we absolutely deserve to stay down and frankly Brighton and Fulham deserve to stay up ahead of us because they've actually been playing with a bit of passion, a bit of heart, a bit of desire to actually go out and try and win games and we didn't show any of that on, on Saturday. No, I mean, Fulham's game was was good. I, I feel that Fulham didn't finish the chances that they had. I think it could have been a much more high-scoring game, but they went for it. And they created chances and it just didn't pay off for them this time. But again, if the, if the roles were reversed and this was Newcastle doing that, would be singing still a frustrated tune, I reckon, but one that's a little bit more positive than the absolute depth of despair that we have at the moment. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I've, I've, I noted down a stat, actually, when we watched Match of the Day afterwards. I don't know why we subjected ourselves to that after, after the actual game, but... <laughs> Newcastle at half time had an XG. This is for, for the stats fans out there. They had an XG of 0.04. And wow. at, at the end of the game, it was <laughs> 0.12, which was after the one decent chance that they had, uh, of course, which was Ryan Fraser when he, when he hit the post. But of course, that wasn't actually that easy a chance. And that was literally, that was the only decent chance Newcastle made in the entire match. As I say, one of literally just three shots. The others, didn't even really come close to testing Brighton in, in any meaningful way whatsoever. And the the problem as well is we've still got all these really difficult games coming up. We're running out of opportunities where you actually think maybe we could get some points. We, you know, we've still got uh, Manchester United, Man City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham, West Ham, Leicester... And Where are we going to get points in any of those games? I think like I, th- I think of any of those teams that you face, um, even if they're having an atrocious game, as we were just saying, Nathan, you know, Man United didn't particularly play brilliant over the weekend, but even if they have an abysmal game against Newcastle, I don't think you have anything to fear at all. I, I think they'll be 
still more than capable of scoring against a Newcastle squad, even if they were playing half decent. But if that's the show, I would still expect something like 3-0 to, to Man United at, at least. Yeah, I mean, I think the Burnley game is critical. Uh, obviously, you're away there, so even that isn't isn't a given. At, at Turf Moor, it's never an easy place to go to. Um, and I might say, obviously, your last two games are, are the real biggies, but by then, it could be too late almost. Yeah, mathematically, Newcastle might genuinely be down by then. And even then, you know, we've, we've got absolutely zero momentum at the moment, and you, you wonder... How we're even backwards. for those games. You've gone backwards, your momentum. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. We, we had a run of four games, Wolves, West Brom, Villa, Brighton. Okay, so that is a run of four. Not necessarily easy, but generally, compared to some of the teams we've got coming up, four, four games where you think Newcastle could pick up a couple of wins, could pick up a reasonable amount of points here. You know, six, seven, eight points would have been absolutely fantastic. And we got three points from those four games. And as we've said, with so many difficult fixtures still to come, Newcastle absolutely had to really, really go for them in all four of those games, do their absolute utmost to get a couple of wins. And to not even get one is frankly shocking. I think as a, a football fan, you, you can accept losing. It, it's part of football. I mean, no team has a God-given right to win every game or to win every trophy. But what isn't acceptable is not not trying to win games and see, seeing your players, I don't know, not, not care and not put that effort into the badge. That, that is, that's just criminal for me. I mean, even Lascelles didn't look like he wanted to be there. I don't think any of them do at the moment. No. Uh, and and also, obviously the players do bear a lot of responsibility. They have not been good enough. But I mean, ultimately, it comes down to Steve Bruce. The way he's, he's set the team up in those four games and against Brighton especially... As I said, for me, it's absolutely unforgivable. It's, I, th- I think, uh, I can't remember which one of you said it, but uh, one of you said it was it was criminal, and I think you've absolutely hit the nail on the head there. Now, I mean, Newcastle have a pretty terrible record against Brighton. Uh, we've not beaten them now in eight Premier League meetings, and in that run, we've only scored one goal, which is again absolutely <laughs> shocking. So yeah, obviously we were going there with a, with a poor record, but at the same time to not even have a go. I mean, like I say, this is Brighton we're talking about. Brighton for me, they are a decent team. To be fair, they're not. I mean, I, I seem to remember at their place earlier in the season we scored that penalty after the the full time whistle. So mm. by all means, it's not an easy place to go, but to not even have a shot on target. I think, like you say, you had three shots, none of them on target. In the position you're in, in a game that was must win, it's just, like you say, unforgivable is the word. Mm. And as you say, Brighton, you know, they're not a bad team. They actually play some decent football. Obviously, they, they do struggle to score score goals, at least when, when they're not playing us. In fact, another actually stat for you. Uh, Brighton have scored three goals on three occasions in the Premier League this season, and two of them are against us. So that says all you need to know. But again, uh, as you said, you know, not necessarily the easiest place to go. But on on the other side of the coin, they'd only actually won there once all season at home until we oh, came wow. along, right. which is is slightly surprising. Um, yeah, it's just such a charitable team, aren't you? Giving all these, yeah, all these United, other, just, yeah. You know, if you're yeah. struggling, play us. We'll sort you right out. Yeah, yeah. Watch you play but really you... well against Chelsea now. Sorry, Nathan. Go on. No, that's okay. I was just going to say um, you, you would probably expect Brighton would be 
clear of, of the bottom three after that. So do you think it's just between yourselves and Fulham now? Yes, I, I think so. I think Brighton, despite their struggles to score when they're playing anyone who isn't us, I think they've got enough about them to stay up, especially uh, with that three points against us. They probably only need a couple more wins in their last uh, run of games, which, I mean, they have some difficult games too. So they play some of the same teams as us, but I fancy them to get the points more than I fancy us. And ultimately, it all it all comes back to, to Steve Bruce. Um, now, Steve Bruce, before the game, said that he only wants what's best for the club. But after the game, he insisted that he isn't going to resign. Well, which is it, Steve? Because if you want what's best for the club, I'm sorry, but at this point... He needs to walk. You, you've got yeah. to go because, yes, we've talked literally every week, we've talked about all the injuries and I know it's not been easy. And it's not a, an easy season for anyone with COVID and, and that sort of situation. But even by taking all of that into account, we've still just not been anywhere near good enough. The approach hasn't been good enough. And yeah, sure, you might not have all your best players, but that doesn't mean you can't at least go out and try and win a game. But again, we've talked about this, or, or lots of other teams have had not all of their full squad. And yes, their, their performance have suffered, but they're still in a comfortable enough position from their previous performance that it, it, it's annoying. I mean, take Liverpool, for instance. If you're a Liverpool fan, you must be absolutely fuming. But they're still safe, just not where they want to be. And I think Newcastle could have easily been in, maybe not Liverpool's position, as it were, but they could have been mid-table mm. before any of this. Well, that's the thing. Newcastle actually started the season reasonably well. I think after... About 11 games, I think they had about 17 or 18 points. Not amazing form, but more than enough to get you sort of comfortable mid-table. And then the absolute capitulation since then. I mean, we're now at two wins in 20 games in all competitions. Which, I'm sorry, but I mean, anyone deserves to go down with that form. Mm -hmm. And I think that's... It made it so disappointing that, you know, there was a lot of speculation on Saturday night that Steve Bruce, if he wasn't going to walk, was going to get fired. There were protests outside St. James's Park, but seems, according to reports, um, sort of on Sunday and, and today on Monday, that it seems like Mike Ashley is going to stick with Bruce, and I'm, I'm going to quote from Sky Sports' report here, uh, due to the manager's loyalty to the owner and his passion for the club. Now, to me, that basically says he's going to keep Steve Bruce because Steve Bruce is just an absolute yes man. And he's got, he's got no ambition. I mean, th- think about... Any literally any other manager would be pushing and pushing for we need this we need some new players we need to strengthen our squad we need to deepen it we need to um, improve our youth development and Ashley doesn't want that because that requires money that yeah. for some reason he thinks isn't going to add value to the club which uh, is stupid but and I think that's why ultimately I think you know that's sort of that was the problem with Rafa Benitez obviously we as fans absolutely loved him. He did a great job with what was a more limited team than what Steve Bruce has to work with. Uh, A lot of pundits like to say, oh, it was exactly the same under Rafa, what have you. But as I say, Rafa didn't have Sam Maximan. He didn't have Callum Wilson. He only had Almiron for the final few months of his reign and Almiron got injured. So he only actually had him for a small handful of games. You forgot Jolington. Yes. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, Steve Bruce has had Jolinton, so I don't know, maybe it bounces out. But, you know, <laughs> Rafa did, as I said, he did a lot more with a lot less. 
so yes, while we were still defensive, A, we were actually good at being defensive, and B, mm-hmm. with the players he had, that wasn't bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bruce... No, he did, he did a good job, Rafa, didn't he? Like you say, with, with the resources that he had. Well, he developed a sense of, um, I think, community within the team. Like You've both spoken about how uh, Newcastle obviously have such a strong fan base. And it's a shame that you don't see that sense of a team within the team itself. And I think that's something that Rafa most definitely brought. Something that I've seen, again, as, as an outsider, just a lack of um, cohesiveness within the team at the moment it is, well, just, we've said it, criminal. It is. Rafa knew what the club meant to the city. He had that connection with the fans, didn't he? Mm. Whereas Bruce... It's just so disconnected with the club, the philosophy of the club, obviously the history of the club, the fan base, everything. And that's what's actually kind of really baffling in a way because Steve Bruce is a Newcastle fan. But mm. as you say, compared to, for example, Rafa, who you know was a complete outsider before, you know, before he joined, there's just there's no connection there. Now, I know obviously a lot of Newcastle fans didn't you know, they didn't give Steve Bruce much of a chance. I mean, I can't say I was particularly happy with his appointment. And of course, following Rafa Benitez was always going to be a difficult job for anyone because of how popular he was. But in a weird way, I think the fact that this is Steve Bruce's dream job is in a way almost... Depressing. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's almost actually made made him do a worse job in a way in the... I think he's so desperate to hang on to the job that, as you say, he's not standing up to Mike Ashley. He's just going to come. He's completely rolling over to to the higher ups at Newcastle. He's not fighting for anything. He's he's not trying to do anything. I mean, he he said after we lost to Sheffield United the, a couple of months ago, which of course was another absolutely shocking result. Mm. And then Steve Bruce said, "Oh, we're doing things. We're going to do things my way from now on. The gloves are coming off." Well. If anything, we've just put some oven mitts on. I mean, <laughs> what's yeah, going on? Yeah, but oven mitts are useful. That's true, actually. <laughs> but, you know, seeing this news that we're going to stick with him, well, that absolutely, that that seals it for me that we're going to go down because I think our only chance this season, and I think it, it would be a slim chance no matter who you brought in at this stage, but I think our only chance would have been to get a new manager in and just kind of bank on that new manager bounce that, yeah, it's not guaranteed, but we have seen it with different clubs and in, in similar situations, and sometimes that can be enough. And we're not going to have that because it seems... I mean, if, if Mike Ashley isn't going to sack Steve Bruce now, then He's at never. best he'll only sack him at the end of the season once we've gone down. He's but not going to do which that. Point, it's obviously too late. He's not going to do that because then it's going to cost him more money to get another manager in who potentially is just going to ask for more money for transfers. He's not going to do it. He's going to keep him. And you'll be lucky if you come up next season with him. I think that I think it's down to your players. I think the players are going to have to decide do they want to stick with Newcastle and if they do, do they they're going to have to pull it out of the bag a little bit. I know that I'm not putting all the pressure on the players, but they've got to have some of the blame as well. Yeah, they do. But, you know, if if we do go down, you know, good luck keeping Callum Wilson, who's a proven Premier League goal scorer yeah, and yeah. one of the few players this season who, you know, can actually hold his head high. 
good luck keeping out on Max Mann, one of the most exciting dribblers in the Premier League when he's on form and again criminally underused at Newcastle because of the way we set up. Good luck keeping Miggy Almiron for a similar reason. There, obviously, there's, there's some occasionally the odd frustration with Almiron, but generally, he is absolutely one of our best players. And again, in a team that I think actually tried to use him, I think he could be really effective. And I feel like we've kind of just wasted him. And as I say, good luck keeping any of them if we go down. Just in terms of other Newcastle news, uh, of course, Isaac Hayden went off injured just before Brighton scored their first goal, sort of on the stroke of half-time. Looked like a bit of a nasty one. Uh, completely unintentional from the Brighton player, of course. But It's just Newcastle's luck, isn't it, at this point? And to be honest, for Hayden, as horrible as it seems, it's probably good for him to not play. I mean, who would want to be part of a team that doesn't seem like they want to win? Yeah, but you know, it's it's another blow to Newcastle's already incredibly slim survival hopes, just another injury. Uh now obviously the one the one good thing is that we've got the international break coming up. We've got a couple of weeks to try and get some some of our injured players back. Obviously Almiron did actually play on Saturday. Uh, he's now got another couple of weeks to really try and get up to fitness. Uh Callum Wilson apparently could be back for that Spurs game. And if we're going to have any chance against Spurs, we do need him in the squad. But you've got to say, even with him in the team, and even if we have Almiron as well. I think even if you're playing on your best form, playing Tottenham, you wouldn't necessarily say was a, a winnable game. It would be a tough match no matter what. Um, however, the state you're in at the moment, you'd, you'd say that there wasn't a chance in hell, unfortunately. I mean, I can't, I can't see it. Mm. No, I was just going to say Spurs obviously is a is a tough game, but I mean, if you if you approach the game in the right in the right way, anyone can beat anyone in the Premier League. So I mean, there's no saying you, you couldn't beat them. Like say, if you had Wilson back, but if you sit back like you did against Brighton, then Spurs will probably put more than three past you. Yeah, yeah, Kane, Son, Gareth Bale, they're just going to absolutely tear us apart if we. If we approach it the same way we did against Brighton and, and the same way we've, well, really played for for the last four, three or four games now. We can only hope that Mourinho is going to mess it up. Well, I think their, their, game, their game against Zagreb showed their frailties. Yeah. That's they, true. They can be, they can be beaten, uh, but obviously you've, you've got to try and beat them, which obviously you didn't do against Brighton. So here's hoping you do in, in the next game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fingers crossed. Uh, actually, now Nathan, uh, I remember when when we had you on the first time. Both you and Anthony were both saying that you thought Newcastle would just about survive. What's your thoughts af- after the Brighton game? What what, you, what do you think now? Funnily enough, I still think you will stay up. Uh, like you say, two point lead on Fulham and that game in hand. Still, I think Fulham have still got a few difficult games as well. But obviously, again, it depends on how you approach the games. I, I, I can't see Bruce changing his, his tactics. So it, it's a tough one to say, but my heart still says that he will stay up. And I, I, I do really hope you, you'll stay up because I think, as I said last time, Newcastle are a Premier League club. The, fan, the fans deserve the Premier League and, and you as fans definitely deserve better. So, yeah, like I say, I've got my fingers crossed you'll stay up and I do think you, you still will. Uh, the Burnley game obviously is is a massive one, but I think if you can get a few a few 
I don't know, draws here and there, and maybe a, a shock win from one of the, the tougher games, and then you obviously you can win your last two games, and that would be enough. But it, it's a big if at the minute, of course. Yeah, well, I hope you're right. Uh, as anyone who's a regular listener to the show will know, I am pretty <laughs> convinced we're going to go down. But I would very, very much like to be proven wrong because, I mean, as much as there's always that possibility that we might tear up the championship next season and, you know, finish first and get promoted like in the two previous relegations, there's always that risk that you're not going to come back straight away. And if you don't come back straight away, sometimes you don't come back at all or it takes a very long time. Well, it took Leicester a very, very long time to come back. Yeah. You know, we messed it up multiple times in the playoffs. And then just look at like Leeds, yeah, uh, Sheffield Wednesday, Nottingham Forest. Neither of them to have ever come back up. Well, they've, they've both been down there ten plus years now. Uh, Leeds, it was I think they were sixteen years down there. So yeah, obviously mm. Sunderland have, have dropped like a stone, which is hilarious. Bol- Bolton, another one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know a lot of big big Premier League teams. You know, spent a lot a lot of time in the top flight, and as you say, sometimes. If you don't do everything absolutely right when you go down, as I say, you don't come back up. And then the rebuild then is so much harder. As I say, we've been fortunate that both times we've gone down, we've come straight back up and it's it's sort of minimised the impact. But as I said, even an extra one or two seasons in the Premier, uh, sorry, in the Championship, more than you'd like to, that can have a massive, massive impact on your ability then if you ever then do go back up to really stay in the game. Now, obviously, it's still possible. I mean, we've seen Leeds aren't really in any danger of, of going down this season. They've done things right in the last couple of years and and deservedly, they, they're going to stay up uh, this season. But you've got to do everything absolutely right. And it, it's far from guaranteed. Again, we look at Sheffield United. They did great in their debut season back in the league last year. But again, they're going to just go straight back down like a stone this season. So... I mean, unfortunately for you, I feel that Fulham probably deserve to stay in the Premier League at this point in time. The The shame is obviously that it's one of you or the other, I think, at this point. I think, as we've said, Brighton aren't going to fall into that danger zone. It is pretty much just between Newcastle and Fulham at the moment. I think so. I mean, obviously, Brighton aren't safe yet. But as I say, I think they've got, from the position they're in, uh, ahead of us and Fulham and as I say I think they've got enough about them uh, to seal it you know so I think it, it will be between Newcastle and Fulham and as I say at the moment you know Fulham certainly have more momentum even if they did lose uh, on Friday but yeah we're just going to have to see how it goes and uh, do you believe this we actually started with a win Nathan his first first podcast Newcastle won mm. and he was full of hope and joy and enjoyment about watching Newcastle and doing this podcast, celebrating Newcastle, and now a quivering. It's all mess. gone downhill. Yeah, yeah, yep. And <laughs> we've got uh, we've got a few more weeks of yeah some tough games coming up. So obviously it's an international break next week. So when we convene there, obviously we'll be looking at any sort of news that's come from the week. I was hoping that we would be discussing perhaps. A new appointment in the dugout doesn't seem like that's going to be the case, but we can have more of a comprehensive look at Newcastle's game against Tottenham in next week's show. I think that's probably everything from us today. Yep, that's all the depression that people can handle for this week. So, um, yeah, thank you very much again for coming on, Nathan. Really appreciate it. 
Oh, you're welcome. And I'm sure we'll probably have you again on again at some point before the end of the season, hopefully with you saying that you told me so and that Newcastle are going to stay up. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Hopefully. With a slightly better match than what you've just had to witness that you put yourself through. Yeah, so thank you very much for putting yourself through that, Nathan. And thanks again, Cara. Thank you. And thank you, listeners. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts.